This is the new one. All right, let's go. Benvenuti to the channel. If you are new, you are watching Inter Worldwide, and this is your match day review number one for the Serie A round table. A huge shout out to all the guests who have represented on this channel so far. It has been a pleasure, and it's even more of a pleasure to, uh, to welcome my round table, my panel today. Welcoming on for the first time, making his football worldwide debut, is Carlos representing the Rossoneri side of Milan. All smiles from you. Welcome to the channel, Carlos. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. It's always a pleasure to welcome back Via Admo. So full of wisdom all the time. I just can't wait to see what he's going to bring every single time. Admo, all smiles from you, brother, as well. Nice to be back, guys. Nice to see Carlos up there. And the special guest here, it's a gun. I like him. So I'll let you introduce him. <laughs> Adam uh, made his debut on the uh, on my Inter Worldwide channel during the Euros. It was a fantastic tournament. And it was great to have him on. Welcome for the first time on Football Worldwide to talk all about the capital side, Roma. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, uh, pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Boys, match day one um, is concluded. Some fantastic results. Um, really, really good games all around. I'm looking forward to diving into them. Uh, a match day that saw us, I'm pretty sure so we ended up with seven, seven red cards by the end of the first match day. Some of them justified, some of them not so much justified, but... We'll go around the table and pretty much go through uh, every single game one by one, but also really get the word and the thoughts of the boys and what they think of their teams and how um, they really thought they performed. So actually going over to the table for first off, we see that we had some three points for Inter, Lazio, Roma, Napoli, Bologna, Sassuolo, Atalanta and Milan. Shares were spoils uh, spo were shared between Cagliari, Juventus, Spezia, Udinese, and not so successful on match day one for Salernitana, Verona, Torino, Sampdoria, Empoli, Fiorentina, Venezia, and Genoa. Um, let's start off with our friend Carlos. Milan, decent to get the ball rolling, man. 1-0 against Sampdoria. It was a pretty good showing, especially out the gates nice and early. You have the floor, my friend. Goal for Diaz. Tonali played well. I want to hear all about it. Yep. Um, yeah, some very de definitely some very great signs uh, from this morning's game. Um, we start off, I thought, a little bit shaky, but yeah, definitely um, hit stride. In the first half in particular, we look very impressive. Tonali, like you said, had a great game. Um, all game, he was pretty solid and made a, made a few mistakes, but obviously still young. The minute Benacer came on, however, he looked a lot better. Um, definitely not carrying the central mid. Uh, he's obviously had his work cut out, cut out with him playing alongside Krunic in the first half. So, um, but he had a great game. Diaz definitely looked um, the part when he was playing too, but started to run out of legs. All in all, first half would look looked very convincing. We could have potentially, you know, played it safe a little bit more, done a little bit less rather than trying to do that little bit extra and actually uh, put a couple more away, but ultimately couldn't get a, couldn't get more than the one goal in the first half. And then the second half, things started to sort of fall apart a little bit. Players started to get tired. Purely started to make a few changes and obviously let, let Sampdoria into the game a bit more. They were a little bit unlucky to not get anything out of the game, but it is, obviously it is what it is. That's just how, how football is played. Ultimately, 
was good showing. We got our three points, um, which I'm happy about. And yeah, some, definitely some very good signs. A little sneaky uh, potential sign of things to come towards the end with purely changing the, the formation to a three-five-two. So, or, or a semi three five two. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or if it's just him playing around with things, but we didn't see any of that in um, preseason. So that was definitely something new, but to be expected potentially given the, um, given the fullbacks we've got, given the team we've got, um, given the options we have up front to play two men up, up top, I think um, we might see that again a little bit later on this season. Yeah, well said, man. Um, looking at the results, you know, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty good match day. Plenty of goals. It was a very high scoring match day one in the whole context of things. Um, Zil Armo, I'm going to go over to you for a side question before we move into a few matches. There were a lot of, I'm going to sidetrack into the VAR conversation so that everybody around the table has a chance to give their opinion before we move into the rest of the games. The lack of consistency, again, not only in Italy, but also in the rest of Europe, it's going to be a big problem, Armour, this season. I'm going to give you the floor for a minute or two because what's the point if every single official on the pitch and every single VAR official has a different interpretation of the different rules? Uh, I like the fact that anything that's going to become polemic, you put for me in. Thank you. you know, <laughs> like the UEFA, the, the Super League, the FBI, you know that I'm the one that does the rant. I like it. They said, I keep saying to everyone, the problem is not VR. The problem are not the guns, but the people that shoot the guns. The, the referee, they don't want the VR to take control. So they make everything possible to interpret it and give the final call. You know, and the, the way the VR role, law is... It's made that the referee is in charge. Like there is no way that VR can uh, come and contact the referee on the pitch and tell him you made a mistake on some particular things like red card, penalties. You know, there is restriction from VR to in intervene unless it's a huge mistake. But once again, it becomes an interpretation. What's a huge mistake? You know, the ball three meters in, three meters out. I think the solution would be this one. As we see with the off offside and the goal technology, it's white and black, all right? I know people complain because offside by a mill, but you get technology, is white and black. Offside, gold technology. Can't make mistakes. They have to do the same thing with the VR. Put the VR in charge and remove completely the referee. We don't need them. We don't need them. They're the worst race in the world. In Italy right now, they, they, are, they are under investigation for taking money as a refund. Uh, they are stealing money from companies that given free food and stuff like that. They... they they call the Tuscany Calciopoli. Like, I don't know why no one talks about But in Italy right now, they got so much people disqualified that tomorrow morning, if Serie A is going to play all the game in the same day, they don't have enough referee to send. That's how yeah. desperate they are. And yeah. look, if you see Napoli game, I'll jump just quickly. The mm -hmm. same referee, two penalty, exactly the same fault, exactly the same dynamic. The first one, no yellow card. The second one, yellow card. The first mm. one, was already on yellow, could have been sent off. The second one. So, so and I bet the money, if you see the Roma game, you know, you, you, without seeing the Roma game or the Napoli game, you see the report, red card, yellow card, you think these people start stabbing each other. And then you watch the game, and the game was cool. Even the Napoli game, they didn't have to have five yellow cards the first half. There was not that, you know, we become a touch football here. You touch yeah. people, card. You touch people, mm. it's... I don't know. And also referee want to keep their power. You will never see a Lobello or a Colina send the players off after 20 minutes for a push or for a pull or for an elbow. All right? They will yeah. grab the player by the neck 
took to their face, gave them a yellow card, a warning, and you'll be sure that that player will never do nothing again. You have you either get back referee with bolts or get rid of them completely and just chuck the VR in, like FIFA. Pretend we play FIFA online. You got the computer deciding. That's it. Yeah. Well said. Going over to Adam, I want to hear your thoughts. And we might as well just digress into the game that saw Dragoski get a red card, Zaniolo get a red card as well. For me personally, I tuned into the Fiorentina-Roma match. It was a fantastic match. It was my pick for match of the week. How could it not be with Mourinho making his return? Um, for me personally, the Dragoski decision, probably one of the easier red cards on the match day. Adam, what, what are your thoughts on your victory, bro? Congratulations. Thank you, mate. It was good to get off to a winning start. And um, yeah, look, just following on from what Armando said, um, I think the inconsistencies, I, I thought they were moving away a little bit during the Euros when we saw some of those handball decisions not given. And now we've sort of fallen back uh, to where we were last year, where we've seen in, in this round especially that um, those handballs, similar to the ones that we saw in the Euros, are now being given as penalties again. So I don't know where you wafer and FIFA were moving to or what they were moving towards, but we've certainly gone back uh, to yep. what it was, which... You know, for ball, ball to me. So, uh, but anyway, back to back to the game. Um, yeah, and you know, just again on those red cards, I, I thought that um, I thought that Dragowski was a little bit harshly done by, to be honest. Because if you watch where Abraham was headed, he was headed towards the corner flag. So I don't know if he once he would have retrieved the ball, whether he was actually in a goal scoring position or not. Um, but you know, he's given the red card. <laughs> I was wrapped. Um, uh, we actually played better when it was uh, eleven v eleven than ten versus ten. Uh, Zagnolo's red card was as clear as day. I mean, it was a second yellow card. Um, Shane is, is inexperienced here a little bit, I think, and maybe his rustiness too coming back um, after a, such a long spell. Um, so in that, that one there, uh, I thought was a, was a warranted uh, second yellow and eventual red card. Um, Good game uh, for this kid right here, man. It's very hard to come from England and um, have a debut like that. He was finding space. He was latching onto balls. I think he can only get better as long as he stays confident. He's a confidence player, in my opinion. I, um, I actually didn't know much about him before uh, he made his debut on the weekend. I mean, I, I remember seeing him in the UEFA Youth League game against Roma probably about three or four years ago when Pellegrini, before Pellegrini moved to Sassuolo, when Pellegrini was captain of that Primavera team. Um, that was the last I saw of him. And to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. And then you see this kid, I mean, he's not a kid, he's 23 years old, but he's, you know, has a new club, doesn't know the language. He was really extroverted during the game, which is... Something in a city like Rome is probably is uh, probably in the right 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 city to be in. Um, you know, revving up the crowd and it was just extraordinary. Uh, two assists um, played a part in their red card um, and then cramped up and had to be taken off. I had he had everything that you want from a from a player making his debut. Uh, Mourinho uh, started with his uh, usual four two three one formation. We had um, Veratut and uh, and uh, Cristante playing the two holding six roles. Uh, and then Pellegrini rotating into that sixth role when uh, when Jordan uh, went forward. Uh, so that was interesting to see. Uh, you had Abraham, you had Matthias Vigna and um, and uh, Aldo Shomurodov making their debuts, uh, all capable players. Um, yeah, look, there's a few things that uh, that didn't go our way during the game. Uh, I thought that, you know, the gaps between midfield and defence were just too far uh, at times, which allowed um, Fiorentina to play between lines. Um, I think Fiorentina, if we want to sort of touch on them a little bit, will be. I think they'll have a good season. The Italiano is a very um, astute coach. Uh, you can see the way they position on the field um, in non-possession, especially that they're they're very good and very well drilled. And he's only been with them for a couple of months, so uh, I think uh, as the season progresses, we'll see them certainly improve. Um, 
Our defence looked a little bit shaky at times. I think uh, Ibanez and, and Mancini were just playing too far apart from each other, uh, which allowed Vlahovic, uh, with his talent, to be able to get in and, and create goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, if it wasn't for Patricio, again, making his debut, I think uh, we would have been in a little bit of trouble. But, you know, 3-1 um, at home, first match day, new coach, new formation, some new players. Um, I think we a lot, to, a lot to be happy about, and I look forward to... To what uh, what progresses in uh, during the season? Absolutely, man. Well said. Uh, we don't have anybody to represent Juventus on this particular podcast. Um, go figure. Now nah, I'm just kidding, right there. But Udinese to Juventus too. A lot more needs to be said about the first half. That Juventus played extremely well. Uh, this character here, who faces a lot of criticism um, by myself as well, played extremely well. But you know, uh, Allegri decides to switch up the formation. Brings on Ronaldo and all of a sudden it's 2-2, albeit due to some absolutely horrible errors by the Juve goalkeeper in Chesney. I can see Carlos is trying really hard not to smile, so he gets the first floor for this one right here, bro. Um, all banter aside, man, no real worrying signs. Allegri coming back in. I said it before, he can't just wave a magic wand and expect everything to be um, peaches straight away. I think the Ronaldo situation, even though a lot of the time was played and swept under the rug. The fact of the matter is this, we're only about nine and a half days, 10 days left till the end of the Mercato card loss. And this, this situation is still going on with Ronaldo. Do you think there's a disgruntlecy there and they do see problems um, basically coming from that? And what did you think of the game and Chesney's errors as a whole? Um, I think the Ronaldo thing is more than likely just media making up rubbish because it's it's easier to just go and say Ronaldo's going to go here, there, everywhere. Because let's face it, he goes here, there, everywhere. He signs for 10 clubs every offseason. And every transfer window, he's gone. So I think it's just the, it just seems to be the, the easy route to go for newspapers. Um, it may or may not be true this time around, but ultimately we won't, know, we won't actually know for sure until it happens. Let's face yeah. it. Uh, the rest of it is just going to be pure and simple newspapers talk, talking rubbish, left, right, mm. center. Um, the unfortunate part is, though, there are still casualties. Uh, Juventus at a team, as a team, can't concentrate and just do their job if all they hear is Ronaldo go, he's going here, he's going there, he's going to PSG, he's going to Manchester United, he's going to Manchester City, going back to Real. So if you're listening to that every every match, every week, every couple of days, all you see is the same thing. It's always always about the same player. It's not about and the, the game he's had, it's about the the um, Ronaldo goal that was offside. Yeah. The millimeter millimeter offside uh, goal. That sort of stuff. It plays on people's uh, players players' heads. Um, when it came, comes to the game itself, I thought obviously the very clear difference between the game was just those two mistakes. They're just horrible. But I think that's just the uh, – I said it earlier today and yesterday. Uh, I think that's just an ultimate um, – and I'll put it, it's pretty much how the how football's going. So the, the focus is, you know, ball playing goalkeepers and everything. And ultimately, uh, goalkeepers aren't by and large ball players. You're force, forcing a, a round peg into a square hole. And the ultimate end is stuff like this, where you've got a goalkeeper that's cost you two goals despite being the better team and end up costing you two points. Yeah. Fair enough. Well said. Um, the Ronaldo goal that's disallowed in the 96th minute and he still has to keep the yellow card. Unfortunate there. Is he offside, man? Is his shoulder offside Listen, marginally? Uh, for me, 
I don't like what someone before you say, you know, I don't like I don't like the angles of being able to measure the line straight down from the shoulder next to the foot. I find it very inconclusive. Listen, just quickly on the VR again and the offside, because I want to say something about Ronaldo. I was watching Tele Lombardia last night and I actually, uh, Monblano expressed a couple of things that it's uh, very deep and he's a very well-known Juventus journalist and very yeah. known, connected with Allegri. He's a very good friend with Allegri. Uh, people keep looking at the line. I got a question for you. Who knows when the ball left the foot in every side, in every kind of this VR frame? Because the ball leaving the foot is when the offside starts. How yeah, everybody yeah. knows which frame the ball left the foot? So it's already, to me, it's already yeah. this millimeter thing, it's off the door. They should not be, yeah. they, should, they should leave a little bit of gap. Do you agree with that, Adam? Because I do. I see, do. The, that's the ball. The ball is leaving my foot now, now, now. When is ball is leaving my foot? So, yeah, something else that has oh, come up in discussion yes. between friends as well is should we thicken the line? Like the actual line coming down in that in that graphic, should it be thickened so it, it gives the um the uh the attacking player the benefit of the doubt? I, I personally think it should. I think the line is too thin. So like you, you're talking about millimeters in in an action that's like that's less scary. than a mill, less scary. than a millisecond. That's yeah, it's yeah. it's impossible. I think I think also utilize the whole body is wrong because you know I can be over with my shoulder, but my feet at the back. So I think the concept needs to be reevaluated. All right. Now going yeah. back to Ronaldo, one Monblano said first of all, Nedved come up with official statement yesterday. Say Ronaldo stays at Juventus. The problem is if the club says that the player stays, everybody. Going around saying, ah, that's a tradition. They're going to say this because what else they can say? So there is no way out for a club to escape the rumors. So fans those days prefer believing the media and the rumors they believe they club because I see that at Napoli, I see it there everywhere. So I feel sorry for the clubs as well. How many times they have to come out and uh, and tell that the news is bro it's not true? You know, yeah. every time they do, they be criticized saying, no, they did it because, you know, what else they can say? But, you know, at the back, they're working. So, there's mm. no way out for a club. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Allegri have a very professional relationship right now. Very cold, but very professional relationship. Yeah. Allegri decided to put Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench and took the whole responsibility. He said, official at the press conference, it was my decision because for the game I needed, I need somebody that run into the deep like Morata. So I don't see nothing bad in that. The other thing is, people say Cristiano Ronaldo leaves. Uh, that's, the, that's the beauty of Momblano the other day. He opened up the table said, all right, Cristiano Ronaldo gets that much money and Juventus needs to get that much money to leave Cristiano Ronaldo. So first of all, let's see which club can afford. PSG, Manchester City. Now, he said, PSG, they got Neymar, Messi, Mbappe up front. They're going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo for what? Is Cristiano Ronaldo is going to go to PSG and sit on the bench? No. Mm -hmm. Are they going to sell one of those three players? No, because there's no club that can afford those players. So PSG is out of the contest. Cristiano Ronaldo wants to go where he can play. He doesn't go to go somewhere where he sits on the bench. It's Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo, you know? Yeah. Manchester City. Do you really think that Cristiano Ronaldo will suit to Guardiola style? Simple. I don't think I don't think he goes there just because Ronaldo we play for Manchester United as well. Yeah, I don't think he will go anywhere for those two simple reasons. There's no people that can afford him. Juventus want him to keep him, you know, and to sell him. It's like I want to sell my mobile phone, but I want to sell for two thousand dollars. People can get mm. a same mobile phone for five hundred. They're not gonna come to me. Yeah. All right. So Cristiano Ronaldo, unless you know he decide to cut his wages or to buy the club where he's gonna go play, I don't see him leaving Juventus for those reasons. Fair enough. That's it.
Well said, boys. Let's move on. Uh, Luis Muriel, such a quality player, scores an absolute banger to open up the scoring against Torino. Atalanta go on to win the game 2-1. Torino pick up where they did last year, which is basically leaving all of their fans heartbroken, wanting to jump out of a window. I can't remember a team that has conceded so many stoppage time goals in the last year and a half uh, than I've ever seen in my life supporting Serie A, man. Torino, I just keep conceding those late goals. Muriel, fantastic. Atalanta, average, but two shots, two goals. Played poorly and still won the match. Adam, I'm going over you to kickstart this one, man. Did you manage to catch any of Atalanta and Torino? And my last follow-up question to you would be, after the match, seeing Belotti sitting on the floor, sort of looking at the ground, I'm starting to have thoughts. And even as an Inter fan, seeing the headlines today, he may be looking to get out while the going's good. What do you think? You're on mute, mate. Just unmute yourself. Sorry. Beauty. Um, I'm actually surprised that no one's actually picked him up yet. I mean, like, uh, uh, Kaido has actually said that um, he'd, he'd let him go for, for around about that 20 mil mark. And I think certainly a good pickup for anyone that needs it and out of that number nine. Um, I know that there was rumours that he was going to Spurs at one stage when Mourinho was still there. And when Mourinho signed for us, I thought he was a given that he was coming to us. But... Uh, that didn't eventually, and we went we went elsewhere. But um, yeah, it would be a good pickup for you guys uh, if you if you can get him, especially at that price price point. Um, but what does it say for Torino, really? If they lose Belotti, you'd have to consider them as um, as relegation candidates. Um, yeah. uh, Atalanta a bit rusty, but they got the job done. I did I did catch that game, and the thing about Atalanta, we've seen them so many times. I don't know if you recall the um, the Manchester United teams of uh, the late Ferguson era, where you know the Fergie time, and they'd always they'd always pull a result out of, out of the out of the hat um, at the end of the game. I feel that Atalanta, that type of team, they go down in games so many times, but they always pick themselves up, and um, you know by the end of the match, they either you know on top or, or they're pushing for a result. So it didn't surprise me for them to to score that that late goal. Um, and, you know, they're going to be up there like they were last season. I mean, the, the squad hasn't changed um, at, at, at all, really. Um, and, yeah, you can bank on them. I, I certainly consider them a top four, uh, if not a top two or three, to be honest. Yeah. Amor, do you want to elaborate on why maybe Atalanta have got the legs for 94 minutes, bro? Or are we going to do yeah, that in a different it. podcast? Why are I going to be the hard one? No, I'm not, <laughs> not today. Nah, I know, that's all right. That's for another podcast. Of- they got a they got a couple of uh, bad injury. I think Iderboard got a long term injury this morning was confirmed. You know yeah. so and uh, and you know at the end of the day, like Adam said, they got the result. It was not an easy game. You know Torino is not gonna be an easy dog for no one. They're gonna put yeah. the fights in, even if they're not the best. And on Bellotti, uh, I don't know. I can't. I'm, I'm the I'm the same boat of Adam. I can't pick why he never left Torino. But also on the other hand, he he, he never delivered what people expected. I don't know if it was because Cairo put a price tag too high on him originally, so everybody expected him to be great. Uh, I'm surprised that this year stay at Torino. Uh, I'm not surprised that he didn't go to Inter because the other night also Biazin was mentioning that Inter budget for the striker right now is five million. Mm-hmm. So yeah. unless they can get on a long, on repayment like Sassuolo done with Juventus, which I doubt any other club would get a kind of a deal, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you will go for for Bellotti. Fair the thing is, where do you play him? I mean, if you if you do sign him, uh, you just sign Jekyll. You've got um, Martinez still there. Like, what, where do you play Bellotti? Yeah. 
It would be more just for depth, man. But then at the end of the day, we'll get to Inter in a second. Where what I think about yeah. Inzaghi doing his last transfer. But I really wanted to talk about this guy up on screen right now because Spezia were cruising at 2-0 until Jao Pedro woke up and came to the party. He's pretty much going to be the only... Oh, bro, he's going to be the only reason Cagliari avoid the drop this season. Carlos, we're going over to you first, man. How did a bigger side like Milan, like Inter, like anybody, how did they not go and pick Jao Pedro up? Because you probably could have offered anywhere between... 12 and a half to 20 million, and Kalia would have had to accept. Simple as that. Carlos, your thoughts on Jao Pedro, his season, um, Spezia and Cagliari? I kind of feel like with him, we've kind of got had this a similar discussion every season where it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe this is the season that he's going to be, he's going to leave. So someone, someone's going to come along and pick him up and everything like that. Because every, se every season, it just seems like there's just way too many games that he seems to carry him over the finish line. Yeah. And Obviously, this season is already proving to be uh, more of the same. But for some weird reason, no one comes along. So you kind of have to wonder whether he's... I said it earlier. You kind of have to wonder whether he's the sort of player who stars at a lower or mid-tables mid club and potentially moves up to a, a, a stronger team and just kind of struggles along and never never quite stays the same. Maybe it's just that, you know, no one no one thinks... No one sees what, what we see as fans or there could be... Backroom drama. There could be any number of reasons why he's still he's, he's still there and not actually moved on. Um, it's uh, it's due to his previous uh, experience before Cagliari. Joao Pedro has always yeah. been uh, looked at as one of those Brazilian players that just doesn't put enough and just can play those teams, get the ball at the end and finish. And if you see him play, he got that kind of attitude. You know, a bit of uh, when the ball is on my feet, I work. Otherwise, no, I don't work. I think that's what he's been holding down. I think that's yeah. a bit of that that sort of um, Brazilian sort of not necessarily attitude. That's sort of a bit harsh. It's obviously not all Brazilian players are like that, but we've seen it time and time again with a lot of these Brazilian players that have come over and just kind of want to do it their way, the way that they like to do it. And you know what? When it works for someone like Jean Pedro, it's great. But when you've got someone like a Paqueta who comes into a system and needs to adapt and just refuses to do so the end result is you, you end up having to go play in france and you know do well in france whatever but it's france there's a reason why you know you're talking about a league that's got one or two one or two teams so it's maybe he's happy maybe he's happy you know sardin is a beautiful yeah. place he's a captain you know some players some players dream to be a leader of a team they don't want to go and be on the bench or third option for juventus or inter or milan you know what i mean what's yeah. point you know, sometimes it's better playing in a little town where you're an idol. Mm. Tiago Motta, impressed though. His team created a fair few goal-scoring opportunities. The penalty was actually pretty harsh. Um, Adam, do you see in either of Cagliari or Spezia being able to survive the drop comfortably this season? That's the question I'll throw out to you, man. Uh, potentially. I, I just think uh, we need to sort of... I don't think we've seen enough of Salernitano or Empoli to make a judgment, but I think they're certainly two teams that will be in the mix for those three spots. I think... Um, Torino, if they do lose Bellotti, like I mentioned earlier, they're, they're another candidate. Um, but yeah, there's probably five or six teams in the mix that I think at this point in time will, um, will certainly uh, be candidates for those, uh, for those bottom three positions. Yeah, well said. All right, Ziamo, you have the floor for your victory. 2-0 against Venezia. Um, barred by this particular incident right here. It's all you, my friend. Take us away. Oh, I'll start it for Adam uh, Hendred. I think Venezia will go down because uh, after this accident, Napoli had four or five minutes to reset. 
and I could not see Venezia do anything. Even they had one countering attack, and it was like uh, me and you guys playing against Napoli. We had the ball, we had an advantage, we don't know what to do. And I see them for one game judgment very poorly. Now, like I said before, you don't, unless I, I, I grew up in a football where you get a red card when you got the legs of your opponent on your shoulder, you gotta do something bad to get a red card. This guy was getting this guy was holding his shirt, he turned around to get rid of it and hit him in the chest. I played Adam Koch in MPL. If you start getting red cards for stuff like this, you're gonna start having red cards like four or five a games, you know, pulling shirt. If you see mm. the frame look like a punch, but he's turning. To get rid of him, it looks like both. It looks like they've both got each other in a yeah, lock. It does the not guy look was like holding, yeah. and and you know what's funny? Before the corner was taken, you there is a the, on TV. You can see Ozzyman go to the ref and goes, "He's keep pulling my shirt." Look, he's pulling my shirt. Then they go to the goal kick, the, the corner. The guy pulling his shirt, he turns around to get rid of him, push him, and he got him here on the chest. Red card after twenty minutes for that. You you killing a game. You're yeah. killing a game. You're yeah. a ref making a shoot. What you do in this case, you take both of them, give them a yellow card each, and scream at them. And the next thing, both of you hit the shower. I promise you, those two players, we hold hands like boyfriend and girlfriend next time. No, <laughs> let's give them a red card. Let's change, the, let's change the dynamic of the game. Completely wrong. To me, you know, it's becoming like touch football. This is football, guys. You know, I remember having scratch. Bleeding, you know, it's part of the game. You get a hit in the face as you're running. It's it's not because punching. Have you ever get punched in the face? If somebody yeah. wants to punch you in the face and punch you in the face, you go down. Yeah. That kind of punch, you know. Yeah. Anyway, going back to, I see already a big difference. I see a lots of direct ball, ball possession, but direct ball from now. You know, the stupid back forward to the center back right back back to the goalkeeper what well, we saw at Juventus which is Juventus copper those two mistakes especially the one that uh, the Chelsea tried to dribble because is they still have the mentality from Pirlo and Sarri that the ball has always go back to the goalkeeper which is a big BS you don't need to go back uh, football is a, a chess game you got in room you don't go back again unless you want to pull them back but there's a different scenario uh, so I saw a big changes also this game we got two on the bench. Nilo, a red card, Zeliski injury. We will lose this game. Hands down. <laughs> we will lose this game hands down. You know why? Because Gattuso, every time Napoli need to score a goal, used to go in the panic mode and used to put all the strikers together. Now, if you play football, you know that most strikers you put in the penalty box, less chance you got to score. Because you put your striker, you put the other defender, it become chaos. Yeah, but Gattuso played the majority of his career with people in Zaghi up front. So he just thinks everybody's going to score now, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, plus, he had Pirlo that could deliver those long ball in the penalty box. You know. But jokes aside, uh, I was very impressed. I saw Ossiman was on fire until he got the red card. He was pressing, winning ball, got a couple of chances. Uh, very disappointed by Insigne missing the first penalty. Yeah. Very proud of him having the ball to get the second one. Uh, this kind of game, I never have the feeling that we're going to lose or no win. See the difference? See the way they were playing, the way the Spalletti was calm on the bench. I never heard him screaming or abusing. And then he had the the the, um, the courage. Let's not swear too much, otherwise the arm is going to get bent. Mm -hmm. To play Gaetano in the middle and taking off Fabian Ruiz, something that Gattuso will never done. Gattuso probably put Bakayoko. And we will lose the game because Bagayoko will try to dribble three plays in front of the goal and lose the ball, you know? So, very, very happy the way we played. We faced an opponent that, in my opinion, it was very bad, very poor. feel yeah. very sorry for Venezia. They had nothing. When Napoli was down to 10 men and we have we were re restructuring, 
They had a couple of bodes who hurt, hurt us. Just they didn't have it, you know. They didn't have it. So, just, uh, yeah. so very hard to judge as well, you know. Of course. But overall, uh, it's, a good, it's a good start with a victory. Very well said, man. I would have to agree. After tuning into the game, I didn't feel even at one point when Napoli were down to 10 men, it was men against boys. And I actually did start to feel sorry for the quality of the pitch on Venezia. It was almost easy to see. I said at the start of the season that, you know, just their own, uh, you know, their own spiritual freedom after going up from Serie B might be enough to get them over the line. I, I already revoked my decision after watching them play one game. You but said you never right. know. It, it, look, it looked like a boys versus kid. Yeah, 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 versus yeah. Boys versus yeah, men. looked that yeah. way. It looked like they didn't know what to do, you know? Exactly, exactly. Carlos, it's over to you, my brother. First win on his debut for Maurizio Sarri. This gentleman picks up where he left off, right at the penalty spot last season. This was an entertaining game, but, man, this was just as the um the inter-game finished, so I tuned in straight away, and as I was still live doing my post-match reaction, people were in the comments going, Empoli scored, Empoli scored. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding. So I turned it off. I ran to my lounge room, and straight away I see Milinkovic Savic celebrating. It was actually a really entertaining match, man. 3-1 to Lazio. What did you make of the um the game and what did you make of um yeah Sadi getting it getting a debut win um yeah I think they for the most part looked very comfortable um uh obviously we'd sort of uh well suppose we'll see see how things pan out there's mm. been a lot of criticism not necessarily criticism but a lot of negativity behind the whole Sari taking over and people thinking that he's potentially not going to be the right man for the job or you know potentially going to fail like he like he's sort of not done, not really done what was expected of him last few few jobs. Uh, ultimately, I think you guys touched on it last week. Ultimately, I think he'll get his team playing the way he wants it to play. It might take, a, well, initially I thought it might take a little bit longer than, uh, you know, it, I thought it would take a little bit longer, like take, take a bit of time throughout the season to actually fully hit stride. Um, they looked pretty comfortable. It wasn't sorry ball, not yet. There was there were little signs though, so I suppose we'll see we'll see how we go. But I think um, yeah, if I, I'd I'd be I'd start to be quietly confident if I was a Lazio fan personally. I think yeah. um, they've got a good they've got a good squad. They haven't you know despite all the rumours of potentially losing players like Luis Alberto and that sort of stuff and everything they haven't haven't lost anyone. So um, if they can keep the club keep the players they've got, Sari keeps building on what he's got. I think. Um, yeah, I think they'll do they'll do well. Yeah, well said, man. Uh, Adam, we're going to go over to you next. If you've got anything to add about Lazio and Sari, by all means, absolutely go for it. Um, but I also want to touch on Bologna and Salernitana because that that was a really really good game, man. Salernitana get basically a red card in the space of two minutes, uh, two yellow cards, and it was around about that half an hour mark. And all of the fans, the traveling fans, you could just tell they were almost devastated, but they came back really strong. Um, in that match altogether to put in a really, really good performance. Um, 1-0 after a little bit, and you're thinking that there could be some heroics after Soriano goes off for Bologna. They go down to 10 men, and I'm thinking, well, Salernitana really might be able to get something out of this game. Um, but Di Silvestri comes to the party to score a couple of goals for Bologna. Uh, Koulibaly scores another one for Salernitana, but ultimately it's just not enough because Adnatovic has grabbed a goal in between. Three points from Bologna, Adam. We've said it all season. We expect them to be one of the best of the meaty curve bunch in the middle. What did you think of this game? And despite the result, man, do you see some positives there from for Salernitana? Yeah, I do. I think this game, along with um, with the Verona Sassuolo game, I thought were the, probably the two most entertaining games of the round. 
um, from a neutral standpoint anyway. Um, this one especially just was like end-to-end for the full 90 minutes. Like, you're just tired watching it. Uh, yeah. Had everything. Had the red cards, had the team scoring, then uh, equaliser, then another goal and an equaliser, and then, you know, a goal uh, close to the finish. I won't say at the end, but, but close to the finish, and then uh, being able to hold out the result. Um, and then another red card at the end. It was just, yeah, it was just uh, all, all, over the, all over the shop, which was great. Great to see and great viewing. Um, I think Bologna will probably be in the same sort of range that they were last season. I don't know if there's going to be any improvement or any, or any um, or they're going to get any worse, really. I mean, Soriano's still there. Um, Difficile is popping in goals. Uh, but Salernitana, yeah, I, I mean, look, entertaining. I, I guess we can be the judge of them when they start coming up against, against better teams. Um, and then I guess the yardstick will be when they start meeting teams at the lower end of the table to see whether we think that they're actually going to be able to survive or not. I think that's going to be the real test. So, but, you know, um, pleasing for them. Uh, I won't say that I've got uh, any, um, you know, empathy that they lost considering that they've got that tie to, to Lazio still, um, <laughs> even though it's a trust uh, that's that's now owning them. Um, how they got over the line, I don't know, but that's a good <laughs> conversation for another day. Uh, but, yeah, um, we've got we've actually got them this week. So, um, yeah, I'll be watching obviously more closely well because they're coming up against uh, against my club. So um, yeah, look, uh, entertainment entertainment plus this round I think across the board. Yeah, well said, man. Thanks for that. Um, entertaining start for Inzaghi and his men. It was pretty much business as usual for the champions. Pretty happy with the performance. 4-0 goals for Skrinja and for Hakan on the 20th minute. Jekko got a goal as well. Um, it, it was basically a pretty much a business um routine victory against a side that i think enters up like 27-0 against them something in their last six or seven meetings general i have been our whipping boys for a good four four seasons now it's actually quite embarrassing but altogether very happy with the fluidity very happy to see the team break out of a sort of a much more systematic rigid approach that they'd be under antonio conte the only criticism I would have is that a lot of the time it looked like we were a little bit slow to transition back on defense. You can expect that in such a tactical shift from Conte's system over to Inzaghi's system. But I think up against um, more pressing and more dangerous opponents, you won't see Inter be as, be as sluggish defensively. Albeit, you know, winning 4-0 kept a clean sheet. I'm speaking like we conceded goals. But at the end of the day, there were still some sluggish moments where... You know, had they had a better striker up top rather than Calon, no disrespect to him, but he is inexperienced. Even if Mattia Destro was playing for Genoa in that match, I'm pretty sure Genoa would have put a goal on the board. Very impressed with this gentleman's ability to connect the midfield to attack. And that's where I want to bring in my friend Adam to have a small conversation. Your opinion from a Roma fan's point of view, losing Dzeko. I know it wasn't on um, Mourinho's list to lose him. It's, it's a player that Inter's been linked with for a long time, a player I wish I had three to five years ago, but still very happy to see him there, bro. This guy just screams the word professional. Just the way he carries himself on the pitch, his ability to hold the ball up and just help transition. He's not going to be able to play 90 minutes per game, but I'm happy he's here, Adam. Yeah, good points. Um, I think with uh, with Jekyll moving to Inter, I just I think probably a breath of fresh air for him and for the, for the club. Um, even though he's 35, he's still got a bit to give. I think he can still certainly maintain um, that elite level at a big club. Um, with, with Jekyll, especially over the last last two years at Roma, it was just that motivation factor. Um, you know, you guys would know that he had a couple of run-ins with, with previous coaches um, and that sort of set him back a little bit. But when he's motivated and he's, and he's on song and the team's, and the team's doing well, um, I can't think of a better... Uh, marksman in the league, to be honest, um, especially you know in front of goal and his finishing ability. Um, 
you can bank on him nine, nine times out of ten. So I think uh, if, if Inter are going to make a run at the Scudetto this season, which I think obviously they will, um, having won it last last year, um, I think he's going to certainly be uh, be someone um, that that you know fits the mould of, of you know you can argue that Lukaku's a better player, but um, I think that Jeko will at the end of the season you'll find that he's probably going to score as many goals as, as Lukaku did last season if he's getting the service that that he did against Genoa. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. Amo, my question for you is, um, what what are the big differences do you expect this season for Inter transitioning from Conte to Inzaghi from a tactical point of view? Uh, first of all, I would like to see the end of the Mercato because uh, I think they're still uh, looking for a striker, uh, you know, uh, it's same as a Genoa. Genoa is trying to sign Conte Hazard or whatever he is from Exfum Lazio. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, if this is the form, the final formation, uh, Inter's got. It's hard to say, but if they have to go out to Champions League, European League, they don't have the squad. They can play two competition competitive. I don't see Zeko be able to play every three days. He wasn't doing at Roma, and I can't see him doing at Inter. Uh, Sanchez, Sanchez, the other striker. Sanchez, yeah, yeah he's, he's still a little he's, bit injured. So that's why it's good that exactly, you said to wait so, till the end of the Mercato because I actually think we're trying to shift him behind the scenes. Uh, because I, I don't think you're going to try to fight the title for Scudetto and try to be good in Champions League with Zeko and Sanchez as a mind duo without replacement. It's going to be safe. You're going to end up like Napoli when we had Milik and Mertens only. We sold all the striker. Then one get injury, one get the flu. You're gone. You know, so yeah. I think uh, even if you take a Petania of the world like Napoli and put him on the bench, at least give you the extra number to put him like you were winning 4 0 against Genoa, give Zego 20 minutes off, give him a rest, you know, and stuff like this. I would agree, man. I would agree. Uh, so Carlos, yeah. Carlos, um, one of the really, really, really entertaining match in this match day fixture, fixture was Sassuolo 3, Verona 2. That's where we're going to end this, uh, this edition of Serie A Roundtable on Football Worldwide. Um, Raspadori, calm and cool against the run of play. Beautiful finish. Red card for the number four, Miguel Valozo. Um, Juricic with a beautiful 1-2 to make it 2-0. Uh, and then from there, it's pretty much smooth sailing. The scoreline actually flatters Verona. Zaccagni, a class act he is, basically keeping them keeping them up float. He'll be a big reason that they get many point, any points this season. And Junior Traore with an early contender for goal, goal of the season is definitely goal of the week, that's for sure. I'm sure there'll be better ones this season, but what were your thoughts on Sassuolo 3, Verona 2, Carlos? Um, yeah, so a bit disappointed with um, Veloso. Veloso's always been a big fan because he's a sporting boy, so um, just silly, just pure silliness to get, you know, from an experienced player to, to just do stuff like that. But um, like you said, Zakani looked quality. Um, to me, he's the player we should be one of the players we should be looking at um, for Milan for the um, camp position. We don't have a big budget, so there's no point in trying to go and get a big budget player. So someone like that is who's got the quality, who knows the league, it could do a great job. Um, but like you said, I think it's 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 up to the, uh, one of those one or two players to keep that to keep that team in check because. Um, yeah, there's not much else there. Um, it's good to see Sassuolo still playing good football. Um, I thought one of the biggest losses for the league, like you guys have touched on, um, was them losing their coach. I was uh, not so quietly in some places, uh, hoping that uh, we would end up with him at, and Purely would get the sack. I have my doubts about Purely, ultimately. 
but I very much lo love the guy as a coach. So um, obviously, if, I think it's a shame to lose him to Shakhtar, but we'll see how we go. But yeah, I don't think we, they pretty much lost much of anything. They seem uh, very much a similar team to, to how they were last year, um, even despite you know the changes, some of the changes they've had. Um, they've still managed to keep most of their players. Uh, it'll obviously we'll we'll see how things go with um, the Mercato. Like you said, we've got a few. We've still got a little bit left. If they can still Barella keep uh, hold to, of no Barella. Sorry, what's his name? Uh, Berardi. Berardi, Berardi wants Berardi. to leave. He made a claim. Yeah, he wants to leave. That, that's the problem. Off. If they if they lose Berardi, I think they're going to be in, pro, uh, in trouble. But yeah. if they can if they can convince him to stay um, with the team with the team that they've got with. Things aren't looking too bad. I still think they're. Um, I've always liked them. I've always liked the way that they play. I love the black and black and green kit. So, but yeah, it was um, yeah, very good, very good for game from them. So, well said. Thank you very much, Carlos, for rounding out match day one. Match day two is coming up, and I'm pretty sure the rest of the boys will share the same sentiments, but we're still going to go around and give everybody one minute to talk about the game that they're looking forward to most, um, most just looking forward to most next weekend. We've got Udinese hosting Venezia, Verona host Inter, Lazio at home to Spezia, Atalanta against Bologna, Fiorentina are in Florence against Torino, Juventus host Empoli, Genoa host Napoli, Sassuolo at home to Sampdoria, Roma make the trip to Salernitana, and Milan have their home debut of the season against Cagliari. Um, graciously, I'm going to go over to the boys and they can have a little bit of a word about their game to watch. So, Carlos, continue where you left off, man. Give it, Make it really brief. What game are you looking forward to next week? Uh, for me, it's probably the Fiorentina-Torino game just because um, I think both teams uh, this round look pretty impressive in parts. Um, they're going to be closely matched, I think. So, yeah, I ultimately think that that'll be the most entertaining game of the round. Yeah, me too, man. Just for that pretty much reason, that that's pretty much one-sided games all around. I'm sure you'll see a few surprises, though. Amor, the game you're looking forward to most next week, my friend? Uh, Besides my team, I think Sassuolo-Sambadoria could be quite uh, a goal-scoring game. If I want to watch a game, hoping to see a lot of goal, I think Sassuolo-Sambadoria could be one of those. You know, the defense inside is quite average, but the attack inside both teams have some good, good, good quality players. And also, I would like to see Salernitana Roma because I started liking the striker. I didn't know nothing about the Ibrahim as well, like Adam. I saw him playing yesterday. Uh, it reminds me of Zeman as well. He, I like this kind of play. So uh, that could be an interesting game too, you know, to watch. Fair enough. And Adam, your pick for the week next week, man, to watch. Uh, again, apart from my game, I think um, if you're a betting man over two and a half goals, I swallow some Dordi is definitely the way to go. Uh, I think we'll see goals there. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Verona and Inter as well. The reason for that, I, I just find it astonishing that Matias Zakangi is still at Verona. Of all yeah, players in Serie A that are at a small club, I can't believe that no one's picked him up. He's, he's an astonishing player um, that I think needs to make the move eventually. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how he, uh, how he, how he performs against a big club. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah, very much so. I would echo the thoughts of Carlos. I'm really looking forward to Fiorentina, Torino, especially seeing, you know, the two new managers, Italiano and um, Juric, go up against each other. I really think after losing their first games, both of these two managers are going to really, really want a victory in this one. So I think that's going to be a great game. Going around the table to say our goodbyes, it has been a fantastic edition of Serie A Roundtable. That's where we are wrapping up 
for match day one. Thank you very much to Adam for joining us, man, and representing Roma. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from you throughout the season. Thanks again. Thanks, boys, and Forza Roma. Beautiful. Amo, thank you again for stopping by, my friend. Always looking tip-top. I can't wait to tee up again. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, nice to see you, Adam. Nice to see you, Carlos. Thanks, Anthony, always for having me. Guys, please, like this video. Share the channel. Let us grow. Let this guy... here. Where is he? There. Anthony, grow the community, please. All right. Jeez. Grazie. Thank you, Fratello. And thank you to Carlos for making his debut on Football Worldwide. We'll hear from you again this season, bro. Thanks for having me, having me boys. Um, thanks, Anthony, for inviting me on. And um, yeah, always a pleasure to speak to you, boys. Absolutely. We'll see you guys soon again here on Football Worldwide. Make sure you like the video, share and subscribe. And from all of us here, ciao ragazzi. Ciao.